In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. It's here, John. Cowboys week. It's, oh another, it's another week. You know, every <laughs> yeah. week is a big week in, yeah. in the NFL, but it's been different. Last week was the Browns week with Deshaun coming back. This week, it's Cowboys week. And holy moly, they smoked the Colts. But you don't get to play the Cowboys but every four years. Yeah. Every four years, every though, four it's years. a big, big, big buildup. And here we are, John. I always get excited about it. I always get really nervous. When I remember the first one I went to was 2010 here, and I was covering it for a different radio station. Mm-hmm. And I just remember... Boy, there's a different vibe in this yeah. building than the three years that I had seen prior to that. You were 2-0. and oh. Yeah. And, of course, then the Cowboys put one on us in 2010. I was like, man. But it really was in 2014 going up there. That was my first year on the sidelines, uh, my first year being around you and, and everybody. And I just remember you and I talked about that 2010 game a little bit and how crazy I thought that was. And I remember you saying, like, I got a feeling this is going to be pretty crazy, too. And then you look around and you saw red everywhere I'm like it was dang. a college football it game because it was half and half yeah. basically they had to go to silent count that was amazing the cowboys did in that was silent amazing. count because of the texans fans that showed up i remember them saying that i remember tony romo saying that i'm like holy cow like we were, we were getting that out there everywhere we could look they had to go to the silent count on their own <laughs> building that was huge and then the game itself was great up until the game-winning field goal that didn't go our way but we didn't give the ball to arian foster yeah enough yeah well exactly he was the one that got us in and that's got us back in that second half but that environment that day i always felt like it was so unique because you mentioned it whenever you play an nfl game you never play an nfl game in neutral site unless it's super bowl mm-hmm. and of course that's going to be a whole different ball of wax down the road so from that perspective the the environment that was almost 50 50 i just never forget andre johnson standing in the end zone after Arian had scored, and the play mm-hmm. was opposite him. So the play went to the right, and Andre was to the left. And after we scored to tie it, to send it to overtime, Andre was just in the corner, and our radio booth is up in that corner, but he was looking at all our fans in the corner, and he was just pumping his arms and getting real excited. And that's why I wanted to win that game like more than anything mm-hmm. was because those guys had not beaten Dallas. And they had that opportunity to do it, and of course, it didn't happen that day. But I just remember being on a bus on the way home. I turned to Mark and went, "I've never been in something like that for that reason." And yeah. I, I don't. I think a lot of us in that building have been that way. We've been to probably split, you know, fifty-fifty, you know, college games. Well, of course, and, you yeah. know, neutral side. I used to go to Florida, Georgia all the time, and that was split. That was split. bowl games. You cover a bowl yeah, game. Bowl games. Yeah. But I had not seen anything like that. So we'll see how many fans go up there uh, for this one, but. These guys are good. These guys are really good. We talked to Nick Casario earlier this week, and, and the first thing he said, it was, it was like, almost like Captain Obvious, but I know exactly what he was saying. He was like, these guys are good. And yeah. you could tell the way he was saying it, like his eyes, like, okay, they're not just like, you know, they're good. These guys are really, they're really good. They're complete. Um, and they've got elite talent at a lot of different, a lot of different spots on that roster. Um, they're a lot like the Eagles in that regard. They've got a lot of different um, a lot of different studs, a lot of different spots. So you got to go in there, as they say, and hit the 800-pound gorilla right in the mouth and see how they respond. Yeah, you know, we hit a stretch over the last month and a half or so where you were you were seeing great defensive linemen on the interior, but there was also a stretch there earlier 
you know, overlapping with that where you were you were hit, hitting some run games, man. Oh, yeah. Holy moly. Well, that's back. Yes. That duo, goodness gracious. And you can go with either one. Yep. But Pollard, mm-hmm. yikes, John. Yikes. And then before Ooh. after we get into that, we gotta get we gotta rewind a little bit to last weekend, which meshes with this 2014 game that we mentioned. Yeah. But go ahead. Pollard and Elliott fit so well together. And I remember when Pollard was drafted, that was what I said. It was like, man, I think he's going to complement Zeke really well. I think it's actually kind of flipped now. Absolutely. I think I think Elliott is the complement to Pollard. Pollard's got that out-of-the-backfield quickness. He's got the, the route running. I mean, he is dynamic out in the flat, catching the football in space. But he also runs really hard between the tackles, and they've done a really nice job without Tyron Smith playing Tyler Smith at left tackle, the rookie. He's, he's had some really good moments this year. Had a really good game last game. So Elliott complements Pollard now, where it used to be the other way around. So you, you get a handle on Pollard running all those routes and out in space, and all of a sudden here comes Zeke. Boom, boom, boom. And he's still got some juice. I felt like a couple of years ago, maybe he's starting to lose that juice. He still got that juice, and I think because Pollard has taken a lot of that that uh, that hammering off of Elliott, mm-hmm. he's fresher at the end of games. He's fresher at the end of season. So that running back tandem, you think about what we have faced at the running back position this year. I think this is the best tandem that we've seen. Yeah, we've seen better backs, right? Individually, yes, but absolutely. we haven't seen this this tandem like you're talking yeah. about that can play together at such a high high level. Yeah. That comes very close to some of these best backs that we've seen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we think about facing, would you rather face Derek Henry or would you rather face Pollard and Elliott? Right. And it's like, man, I I don't know. Run, de- run defense is coming around a little bit. It's playing a little bit better. I mean, you got mm-hmm. the safety last week, stuffing Nick Chubb in the end zone. Last, year's, or last week's group, Chubb and Hunt, pretty good. But it's the way these two are fitting together in Dallas – um, I think is is very, very interesting. I don't want to say Chubb and Hunter are the same guy, but they're doing similar things with them. They're not doing similar things with Pollard and Elliott. They're doing much different things. So as a defense, you have to recognize, okay, is this Zeke? Okay, this is probably more run, maybe more boot play action. With Pollard, there are all kinds of things that they can do. How are they going to get him the football? The linebackers are going to be on full alert when 20, Tony Pollard has got the football or when he is wherever he is. They're going to have to have their eyes on him and know what he can do at that spot. In that 43 win over the, the Vikings, the Vikings decided to play man coverage on Tony Pollard, and he just smoked an inside linebacker. He just smoked Hicks. Mm-hmm. He just ran right by him. Dax just got thrown out there. Uh, and then, of course, there's Dak Prescott, too, because I think he's the perfect perfect fit for that offense right now. I think he's playing well. The whole offense is playing well, and they're hot. So you got to go in there, and hopefully they overlook you a little bit because of the record, and you go in there and, and bust them right in the mouth. Now, would you say you were the Ed Reed of the Brown football team, or oh, were you gosh. the Ronnie Lott of the Brown football team? Um, I was pro- probably more like the Shiloh Ko of the Brown Shiloh football Ko- team. Shiloh Ko. Okay. Well, there's been a, f- a little bit of a switch position-wise over the last few weeks. Jalen Petrie been playing some free safety. Yep, we heard absolutely. about it from Lovey Smith post game. We heard about it from Jalen Petrie post game. And I'm sure Joe Dana, when he talks with the media yep. on Thursday, is going to get asked about it and talk talk about it. But it's been a nice move because what did we see from Petrie when he was at Baylor? He was all over the place. He was all kind over. of playing close to the line of scrimmage. But 
over the last couple of weeks, he's been you know more of a free safety type. And this has been a very advantageous switch for him. Wouldn't you agree? They've both said it, but I want to hear it from you, a guy who's yeah. played the position at a pretty high level in college. What's it been like for him? What have you seen in that regard? Well, I think when you have a, uh, when you have a guy that has a high football IQ, free safety is a great spot for him because mm-hmm. you see everything. You don't always end up in man coverage. A lot of times as free safety, you're going to play cover two, cover four. You're going to play, uh, you know, two safety high looks. And both safeties are playing it at that point. But when you go to single safety high looks, you're playing cover one, so you're free to roam. Cover three, you got middle of the field coverage. Um, and some other things that you can do in a single high safety look. I think that benefits a really smart athletic football player back there. And I think that's the way the coaching staff looked at it and said, look, because of the coverages we play, Maybe Jalen's a better fit back there. And I think what Jalen was able to do, he, last week, and we talked with, with Nick and Lovey about this, the play that he makes in the interception, I, I don't think got enough credit. I think people were excited. It was a third interception. He finally caught one. I don't think people gave enough credit. He did a little bit of baiting on that one. He did. He? The, the Browns ran what's called a Mills route. Essentially, it's a post with a dig. And so the, the premise is, it's perfect against cover three because you force the free safety have to make a decision. And a lot of times a free safety with bad eyes will see that dig and boom, I'm jumping on that, especially down in the red zone. Mm-hmm. You jump on that dig and then boom, they stick the post behind you. So if you stay with the post, they'll stick the dig. If you go to the dig, they'll hit the post. Well, he started to go with the dig and then he realized what was happening and he immediately stopped and peeled back and went the other way. And I don't think Deshaun would dwell for in his face, was able to see Jalen going back. I think he saw Jalen starting to dig. Going for a very underrated part yes. of that play. Very, he Absolutely. planted and planted Deshaun. It was yeah. a great, great move. He hoped through yeah. those two guys. Yeah. I mean, he went right through the double team. And and I don't think because Dwumfor is right there in Deshaun's face, Deshaun didn't see Jalen redirect back. Mm-hmm. I think he saw him initially in the dig, so he made the right read. But with Dwumfor in his face, he couldn't see it. And so Jalen jumped that post route, got the interception, it was so perfectly played. Mm-hmm. It was so perfectly played. That's, Good return, too. Yeah, that's the way Joe Dana, I guarantee you, um, taught it, and that's the way they teach it. You're gonna, they're going to run Mills route post-dig. How do you play that? If the dig is coming across and it continues on, you let your – and that's what exactly what happened. Desmond King dropped back into his zone. The dig was getting there. King picked it up. He dropped off. Petrie dropped off and made the pick. That's just a brilliant, smart football play. Yeah. And when you're athletic and you work as hard as he does – both in the meeting room, watching film, out on the field, you're going to end up with those plays. And so moving him back to free safety, I felt like was the, just a brilliant, brilliant move. And hopefully we're going to see more of that from Jalen Petrie just kind of taking charge. And he reminds me a little bit of, from that, in that way of Jesse Bates from the Bengals mm. with that kind of range, playing free safety. Mm-hmm. I think Jalen's probably a better tackler, whereas Jesse might be a little bit better at, in, in deeper coverage right now. Yeah. Um, but I think they're both similar in that way. Smart, athletic, get to the football, make good, solid tackles, but yet a force in pass coverage in the middle of the field. And that's what we need Jalen Petrie to be if he's going to stay free safety, which I'd imagine that he will. I'm glad you brought up Andre Johnson and Arian Foster earlier because I, they were both here at the game on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. And I actually were. got a chance to say hello and catch up just a little bit yeah, with yeah. Arian after yeah. the game. And it was good. I, I saw him and I said, Dude, you look like you could still go get 75, 80 yards. He's like, no, 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 no. But he still looks good. <laughs> he puts like he's in rest. shape. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I was like, what did you get to see and, and interact with any any old faces? And he's like, yeah, man, it was great to see Andre. It was great yeah. to see Chester Pitts, yep. Travis Johnson. So it was fun, uh, fun just 
very briefly catching up with him and seeing him around I'm, the building. I want to see him more in the building. Absolutely, man. He's one of our greats. Yep, absolutely. I mean, just so many fun, fun memories of that guy. And it was good to see Arian Foster. So, uh, Arian, if somehow, some way you're listening to this. Yeah, man. Miss you, bro. Come on in the lab. You're coming to the lab will. with us. It'd be awesome. Always, always. Boy, that would be, that'd be something else. John, I always love doing this with you, my friend. Yeah, man. It's going to be fun. It's been a, a, an ugly season. When, you, when you've when you lost 10 games, it's uh, it's ugly. It's U-G-L-Y. You ain't got no alibi. There are lots of alibis. But I can't wait for this game because, like we mentioned earlier on, it's always, always fun yep. playing the Dallas Cowboys. Until uh, next time, this has been In the Lab.